0: This is CNT Talk. Every week, two friends debate the issues of the ages as we agree to disagree. It's never politically correct, but it's always entertaining. Join us tonight so you can sound knowledgeable at work tomorrow. We're smacking you upside the head with the hammer of truth. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. We're back. We're, We're back. back. We're back. We we weren't gone. Back in black.
1: Maybe no. You you AC/DC fan? Eh, some. I like Back in, Black. Back in Black. My roommate in college played um, Back in Black every day when he woke up from his slumber.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I'd want to do that. No, but... he did
1: every day. That was his wake up. <laughs> and, and he woke up from his slumber usually sometime in mid afternoon.
0: Yeah, my neighbor played, uh, my next door neighbor played uh, Ben Caught Stealing by Jane's Addiction, where there's a dog barking in the uh-huh. beginning every morning at 5 yep. a.m. That was,
1: that was was my, uh, if you don't know that song, go listen to it. (laughs) Amazingly, despite the fact that he did that, I had, uh, I did not come to hate, uh, back in black.
0: I did come to hate Jane's addiction. (laughs) (laughs) 5am with a dog parking next to your head. Not good. Not good. So we both checked our white privilege before we came on the show, but Tony mentioned he's got too much. He can't get rid of it. So there's still some extra left here for the show. That's a shout out to one of our listeners. Um, I I thought about this today. If in the culture we live in currently, you can choose to be anyone or anything you want. Yes. And white male privilege is real. Why would you not choose to be a white male? Why would you not choose to be a white male? If white privilege is this thing and male is supposed to be a privilege, why would anybody choose to be anything other than a white male?
1: Well, because then you feel guilty all the time. See, actually, but, if, but if
0: you're not a white male,
1: you feel guilty anyway. No, 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 no. If you're not a white male, you're empowered. I mean, because you're at the top of the victim totem pole. Well, that's on I me. Mean. So the whole point is, my question would be, why can't I just decide not? to? I want to be oppressed too. <laughs> well, so I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna identify as something other than a wicked, evil white male.
0: Well, that's what I'm and thinking. why should
1: anyone be able to tell me that I can't do that? You,
0: I think you should be able to do whatever yeah. you want. You know, I, I was sitting in a sitting in an area yesterday that uh, is usually reserved for young babies and, and nursing mothers. And somebody came by and said, you're not supposed to be in there. I said, it's, it's a new day, folks. I can be whatever I want. Yes. <laughs> you know, I can sit here. Uh, anyway, I, there was no nursing mothers at the time. It was just me sitting in a rocking chair. Um, we got a couple things to talk about. And at the end, I do have a little bit of a rant that I will save for the end.
1: Excellent. We and, haven't had a good rant lately. No, this was,
0: yeah, we'll save it for the end. So I thought we'd start out talking about what the New York Times is calling the 1619 Project. So if you're not familiar with American history, and apparently the New York Times just found this out. Oh, no, 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 no. They're, they're quite familiar. They're, 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 they're quite revi- woke.
1: No, no. They're very interested in revising American there history. There you
0: go. So if you're not familiar, uh, the English colonists, the first permanent settlement was 1607 Jamestown. Okay? There was a previous settlement that didn't last on Roatone But this is 1607 Jamestown, and in 1619 was when everything changed in Jamestown. They were a struggling colony at that point. A Dutch slave trading ship went off course and landed near Jamestown, and first black slaves were sold to the American colony. Uh, And from that moment on, according to the 1619 Project, that was the founding of this country, and therefore we have to acknowledge slavery is bad. I think we already well, knew that.
1: Okay, can okay, let, let's back up for a minute. <laughs> Go ahead. Because I want to frame this. I don't know whether people were paying attention, but uh, – and this is kind of inside baseball stuff. But if you follow this, it's fascinating. So there was a headline that the New York Times ran uh, on Trump's speech, one of his speeches, in the aftermath of these shootings. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember exactly what the headline said, uh, but – it was insufficiently demonizing of Donald Trump. So it said something about, you know, Trump amidst violence calls for unity or something along those lines. It was a, a fairly straightforward, factual headline to what was supposed to be. And we know these don't exist anymore. A, a straight news article. And apparently because this headline. That was insufficiently critical of Donald Trump. Ran there was literally uh, a mutiny in, within the New York Times of all of the staffers and the editors. And how could you possibly? Have, I got it. What, what was the On headline? August
0: seventh, it was Trump urges unity versus racism.
1: Right. Well, wait. Is that what the headline said? That was
0: the original headline. What Nate, was read it again? Trump. Urges unity versus racism.
1: Okay. And so that headline was, again, deemed insufficiently – it didn't attack Donald Trump and accuse him of being a racist, which is what everyone at the New York Times expected. So there was literally some sort of emergency meeting where the head – Uh, His name is Dean. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It's Bakay. It's like B-A-Q-U-E-T. He's the current head honcho over there where he had to deal with all of his fractious, upset – traumatized group of writers and editors who just were appalled that the New York Times had let down its readership by printing a factually neutral headline.
0: And here's what they changed it to. So
1: they changed the headline.
0: After a bunch of 2020 candidates came out and gave them grief, assailing hate, but not guns.
1: Right. So they had to at least get one of their talking points in there. Um, but it was – so here's the more fascinating part of this, and this should come as no surprise. So in this very tumultuous, tumultuous, angry meeting, which was not supposed to be for public consumption, as, as Dean attempts to placate the infants, right, the, the as I call them, the mini Maoists, because these people are indistinguishable from like an entire Berkeley faculty, OK? They're not – these people are not journalists. No, And so – the there was a there was a somebody leaked a transcript of this meeting to Slate, mm-hmm. and uh, now, of course, Slate is about as left. I think Slate published this thinking that this actually kind of reflected well on the New York Times. <laughs> but I encourage you, if you can find this transcript, to read it because what it displays is these people have jettisoned any as if we didn't know this already, but any pretense to being factually neutral reporters of news and all they are interested in is number one attacking Donald Trump at every turn, but number two propagandizing for a very, very specific left wing view of the world. They don't even view their job anymore. They're not journalists. No, these people are literally propagandists. And so there is comment after comment, angry comment One of the comments was essentially, and I think this is a fair paraphrase, uh, I feel that racism affects every aspect of life. And I think that all of our news stories, every news story in every category, so whether it's politics, the social scene, anything, energy, right, traffic jams, doesn't matter. We have to focus first and foremost on racism. And you would think in a sane newsroom from somebody who actually has any shred of journalistic integrity, who cares about providing factual information to the public, that comment would have been received not well. That person should have been told, if you want to be engaged in an ideological jihad, Then maybe you shouldn't work here because we have editorial pages that that serve that function. But if you want a news article, everything that we publish to reflect your pet crusade on racism, you're in the wrong business. But of course, that person is in absolutely the right business these days because that's what the New York Times exists to do. I want to quote
0: AOC from Twitter on the original headline. Trump urges unity versus racism. Let this front page serve as a reminder of how white supremacy is aided by and often relies upon the cowardice of mainstream institutions. So she's trying to actually paint the New York Times as not a leftist rag. Sure. Which I'm not even sure how that's even possible at this. Washington Post, New York Times, leftists as they get. It doesn't matter which one you read. You're getting the leftist slant on everything. And now, to be fair. New York Daily News is more conservative slanted, not completely, but more slanted that direction. And so is the Washington Examiner.
1: But, well, no, you mean the New York Post. The
0: yeah, New York, sorry, New the York, New York Post.
1: Daily News is yeah, as left wing as the rest yeah, of them. That. But yeah. but again, so the other comment, which is it should be stunning, but it's actually not a surprise at all, is uh, Dean Baquet, or you say his last name, also talks about the fact openly that, you know, we had um, marshaled. All of this newspaper's resources on the Russia story, everything was Mm -hmm. targeted to that story. And now sort of lamenting the fact, unfortunately, our savior, Robert Mueller, (laughs) didn't come up with the goods. And he literally says and he's he's framing this as stories and narratives because that's what it is to these people. It's not actually news. It's. What we decide the public should know, how we frame it, and we frame it in the way that is consistent with our worldview, which is far left, everything has to be about racism or slavery or whatever else, and he says, and so now we're going to have to pivot to something else, and what are we pivoting to? And he he literally links, he says, and our next venture is the 1619 Project, because the pivot now is, Mm. well... Russia has failed us. That story didn't pan out the way we wanted. We can't convince the lemmings anymore. The new story is going to be all about white supremacy and racism. And ta-da, now the founding of the country, it didn't happen when we thought it happened. It happened in 1619. Yep. When slavery came
0: to this country, that's when it was founded. Forget that they actually came in 1607 or 1620. Or wherever else other colonies have found it. This is amazing to me. This is amazing. Now, we've got a historian that I, I won't say follow, read, who's all over this, thinks this is the greatest thing, and you should be doing it in the classroom. Right. It's it's reframing history, as you said earlier. It's reframing history from the perspective of racism racism is bad. No
1: kidding. Slavery is bad. Wow. What an insight. Well, not only No kidding. But remember, this is, this is a completely different thing than teaching, which should be taught. Slavery is a huge historical stain it is. on this country and the rest of the of world. Course, Don't forget the rest of, of course, the world. Right, of course, right, as if it's somehow our – it's not we, unique to America. But nevertheless, it. of course you can't teach American history without focusing a large portion of that on the activity of slavery – the continuing influences of slavery. No one is objecting to the fact that this is a dark period in our history that we have to confront, that people should know about, that people should study, yes. that people should – should. I have no problem with anyone saying this has still has consequences in our public life. Absolutely it does. This is a major thing. But note the difference. These people are not just saying – that this is an important event in our history that should be studied, that perhaps certain people have minimized. All of those viewpoints, that's fine. They're saying that literally it is the single thing that our country was founded on and which explains everything, Mm -hmm. literally everything about this country. And that to me, first of all, that's not even a historical claim. That is an ideological claim Mm -hmm. That is masquerading somehow as history. And you reference our friend who is the historian. What I find incredibly ironic is he spends every day pointing out every time Donald Trump gives a speech, he dissects it with a, you know, with a magnifying glass. He gave a speech about Jamestown and, well, he doesn't understand the type of legislature and this didn't happen and this didn't happen. And that's fine. He doesn't have a single critical thing to nope. say from a historian's perspective on is this scholarly, <laughs> empirical, rigorous history or is this just ideological propaganda? He doesn't even seem to want to to grapple with no. that question. Well, I, I think the 1619 Project, it feels like it's
0: directed at Donald Trump, and I know he's not young. But I don't think he was around in 1619, so I'm not sure how he could be responsible for slavery in this country. He wasn't even old enough to have been around when there were slaves in this country. So it bothers me that they just arbitrarily picked this date. Well, it's not arbitrary. Well, it is, to me it is because that's when the slaves were first sold in this country, but that's not when the, that's not when the first settlement was here. So if you're going to pick the start of the country, you pick 1607 because that's when there actually was a settlement. Picking 1619 just says, well, we think slavery is the influencer of everything that's ever happened in this country. Therefore, that's when it started. It's an arbitrary decision on on their part to make racism the front and center of everything. Now, part of, part of this segment was titled Race Relations in the United States Today. I feel, and, this, and I know I'm not allowed to feel how I feel, but – I feel that race relations since Clinton, Bill Clinton's presidency, have gotten worse. Now, admittedly, I came from a very white upbringing. I there weren't a lot of minorities where I grew up. I, you probably grew up a little a lot more minorities than I did, but I didn't. There wasn't an animosity towards. We had we had uh, a Native American family. We had a black teacher and we had a um mixed race family black black father uh white mother there was no animosity none now i was obviously they were the minorities in that group so maybe they felt differently but i didn't feel like they were any they were my classmates that was it their parents yeah. were their parents i didn't think about hey you're different you're just my classmate period so i'm um, again well i don't
1: know i mean i don't really necessarily think it Goes back to Clinton. I, I certainly think that as of the Obama administration. Well, that, that's when, and that's why I said one of my the, the classic one of the classic tweets. I think it's from a guy named John Gabriel said, you know, my, his favorite thing about the Obama era was all the racial healing, saying that <laughs> obviously, tongue in cheek. This this fascinating juxtaposition of an African American being elected president of this country, which which that's a historic thing. That's yes. that was a good thing. Sure. Well, um, it could have been a good thing. Well, my point is, <laughs> my point is, I don't think there were very many people in the country other than, yes, are there outright racists who would have said sure. at, at that time in 2008, this is a terrible thing. No, most people, just for the sake of having an African-American in that office, mm-hmm. were encouraged and pleased that that could happen. Mm-hmm. Setting aside all of his policies, because obviously you and I have great disagreement <laughs> with him, just the idea. Mm-hmm. An African-American man can rise to the highest office in this country. That speaks well sure. of America. It does. Right? It that it standing alone. Me. Now, you and I both agree. Really, we should be in a place where it doesn't matter. And, and yes, I guess it still does in certain precincts, the color of people's skin, people sure. still notice. Racism exists. Yes, of course, because Humans exist Mm -hmm. and humans are sinful. And so the idea that we're ever going to expunge this from not just white people, by the way, from every race and creed and ethnicity, that is never going to happen. It's a pipe dream because (laughs) no matter how much awakening and how much consciousness raising you do, the human heart is sinful. And so these things, these attitudes are still going to exist. I think that administration – because of its intense focus on identity politics and racial tribalism, and you know all of the stuff in the wake of these these shootings, Michael Brown. In fact, we don't even have to make this tangent. You have Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris openly lying. Mm-hmm this past week about the Michael Brown shooting, calling it a murder of mm-hmm. an African-American. That's a flat-out inflammatory lie. The Obama DOJ didn't conclude it was a murder. It wasn't a murder. No. It was a justifiable police shooting of an aggressive individual. Do you know that – I don't know if people know this. They
0: interviewed over 100 witnesses, over 100 witnesses. One it's called out a black man who said – I would have shot him, too, yes. because he was charging at me. I thought
1: he would. going to kill And the we top. don't need to rehash all this, but this, this, again, this is another narrative lie, and you would think, but our media is so corrupt. Do you think there'd be one reporter that would ask either of these aspirants to the U.S. Nope. presidency, nope. you keep using that term, I don't think it means what you think <laughs> it means. <laughs> it does not. Why are you saying that it was a murder? Are you aware that the DOJ and actually multiple witnesses The entire judicial process confirmed it was not a murder. Mm -hmm. It was – why are you saying – what is the factual basis for that claim? They Um, will have no answer, but no one's interested in asking them because they want to promote that. Sure.
0: I say Bill Clinton because Bill Clinton was considered at the time to be the first black president. And he he was not obviously black, but he – He claimed to relate to and grew up in the South, and therefore he was termed the black president. I agree with you. Obama's presidency was more divisive than we've ever seen up to this point. Now, Donald Trump has made it more divisive, not necessarily by him, but partially by him. But Obama, you're right. Identity politics plays a huge role in how the Obama administration governed. Everything was about the color of your skin, how much money you had, everything, was a was dividing line. He, he had everything. A, he
1: had a hyper racialist attorney general and yes. Eric Holder yep. who explicitly we're a nation of cowards mm-hmm. because we supposedly won't have convert. We never stop having. Actually, they're not conversations. They're monologues. <laughs> we need another monologue about race where you'll be lectured on your white privilege mm-hmm. and you'll be told to shut up if you disagree and you will need to be reeducated. Um, so don't forget Michelle, who was not right. proud of her country until
0: her husband was elected. Right. And only, not proud of my country until my husband elected. And election. then only momentarily. Wow. Yes.
1: Um, so this 1619 project is just the latest. Uh, you know, I guess this is the new narrative. We we couldn't con- – we didn't have the goods on our fantasy about Russia. Mm-hmm. So now, listen, we got limited time. Elections What's coming up. What's the end game here on this, on well, the 1619? Well, the, the end game is – Slavery just- happened.
0: It's a dark stand in this country. The Civil War freed the slaves – it didn't give him Jim Crow was enacted by the Democrats. Did, did you see this? Um, Larry Elder got called out by somebody. I can't remember. He was on. He was on Fox News, and he said, "You know,
1: Larry Elder." For those of you who don't know, is African American. Yeah, very, very conservative African American. Yeah. He's a public intellectual. He writes a lot of different articles.
0: Yeah, so he, he's a really good. Just listen to him. He, he's very intelligent. Uh, but he said Republicans didn't own slaves. Democrats did. He was called out because they found ten Republicans who owned slaves. I'm sure there were more than ten Democrats who owned slaves. He said the KKK was founded by Democrats. They Snopes came back and said, "Well, it wasn't founded by the Democratic Party." He said, "I didn't say the Democratic Party. I said Democrats." Nathan Bedford Forrest, a Democrat, former Confederate general, founded the KKK in Tennessee. Uh, he he said that you know the slavery thing was 150 years ago. Hundreds of thousands of white men and black men fought to win that war. But we're, we're told we're racist. Now, I think there were racists in the North at that time. I, I don't of disagree course. with that because there was fear that – go back to our friend – fear that the black men would take their jobs when, they, when the war ended. The fear that they would marry their women or whatever. I don't know what the fears – all the fears were, but they, they existed. This is something that happened in the past. Maybe it's still happening. I think we've said before that there are racists out there. Now, when Obama was elected in 2008, took office in 2009, I think there was a very real fear. It did not happen, but the very real fear that there could be an assassination attempt against him because he was the first black president. There's enough nutbags out there who think let's take this guy out because he's black. It didn't happen. OK, it didn't happen. I thought for sure when Trump took office. I mean, he's not out of office yet, that somebody might take a shot at him. That hasn't happened, but I, I believe there's somebody, there are people out there who feel bad enough about they might take him out. We deal with all these things. In 1807, slavery or slaves could not be imported to this country by the Constitution. It was a 20-year moratorium after the signing of the Constitution or ratifying the Constitution that you couldn't bring any more slaves in. So the slave trade, as far as the United States was concerned, ended then. But you understand that other countries had slavery at the time. Some countries still have slavery to this day. This is not a unique situation here in the United States. Britain had slavery, I believe, until the 1840s. So they had slaves as well. But for some reason, the race relations with their slave, former slaves and the other populations didn't seem to have the same issues that we had.
1: I wanted to um, – I pulled up uh, Rod Dreyer, who is a, a conservative blogger, uh, very smart guy. He also um, – he's written a lot. Uh, he's also sort of the, the guy that generated the idea for the – he calls it the Benedict Option. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked a little bit about this. But he, he wrote an extended post about this 1619 project. And just so you don't think that we're embellishing this, <laughs> so he quotes in his blog one of the questions from this transcript at this New York Times meeting. So this is a question that was posed to Dean Baquet, however you say his name. Quote, I have another question about racism. So this is from a New York Times staffer Okay, in this open meeting that was supposed to be private, but we, the transcript about leaked, much to their chagrin. <laughs> I'm wondering to what extent you think that the fact of racism and white supremacy being sort of the foundation of this country – now, that's a breathtaking claim. Wow. White supremacy is the foundation of this country should play into our reporting. Just because it feels to me like it should be a starting point, like these conversations about what is racist, what isn't racist, I just feel like racism is in everything. It should be considered in our science reporting, in our culture reporting, in our national reporting. Okay. Now, was this guy told... That's nice. (laughs) We're happy that you feel that way, but that's not the basis for legitimate journalism. No. And Dreyer makes a very interesting point, and this really relates to what our friend Dr. Fia has spent a lot of time talking about, which is part of his argument about Donald Trump and linking it to sort of the evangelical movement is that from a historian's perspective, he takes the position this was not a country that was founded as a Christian nation. He wrote a whole book about this. okay? And I actually generally agree with him in terms of the point that he's making, that there are people that distort that history in a way that makes it seem far more like a bunch of evangelical Christians. Where the founders were not evangelical Christians. Uh, most of them were not. But here's the point. So I want to read this because Dreher goes on and he says, here's a thought experiment. What if that staffer were a fundamentalist Christian? (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. We live in an alternative universe. And we rephrase the statement like this. I was wondering to what extent you think that the fact of the gospel of Jesus Christ being sort of the foundation of this country should play into our reporting. I just feel like Jesus is in everything. He should be considered in our science reporting and our culture reporting. So, of course... Cranial shards would result from anyone saying anything like that. But the point is, they are identical positions, meaning they really have very little to do with journalism or facts or news. It's an ideological viewpoint. And whether you agree with the former or the latter, they have no place in fundamentally shaping preemptively how a newspaper goes about reporting the news. I'm a Christian. I welcome support for Christianity. I'd like to see editorials that are far more favorable, that don't demonize Christians. But the idea that someone would say everything that we report in the news should start with the gospel of Jesus Christ, that's not news reporting. And neither is it news reporting when you say everything is going to have to start from racism because I feel that's what the country is all about.
0: So I want to, I'm glad you brought up the, the founding fathers here because I've heard the deist thing repeated ad nauseum again by Dr. Fia. Ben Shapiro interviewed interviewed a guy named David Barton. Okay. Well, now you know,
1: you know that David Barton is one of his favorite punching bags.
0: Okay. So I understand you got to
1: be careful with David Barton. Well, he's with, the guy. With that, Dr. Fia. yes. No. Well, I also have my own concerns about David Barton.
0: I agree. It's an interesting conversation he has and it makes you think now he's a, he's a a leader of an organization called Wall Builders, a national pro-family organization that focuses on America's forgotten moral, religious, and constitutional heritage. I'd have to look at some of the this stuff as uh, primary sources before I'm going to just accept everything he said. But he makes a case, such as it is, that some of the founding fathers were more uh, Christian than we're led to believe based upon – certain things that they wrote later in life not necessarily the first thing that they you always hear about them so Franklin Washington Jefferson to a point John Adams John Quincy Adams things like that so I just point that out because there there is an alternative view of that whether it's correct or not this this man claims to have over 220,000 original documents uh, from the founding fathers that
1: right which doesn't it doesn't make him either more or less. In other words, the fact that you've collected a whole bunch of primary sources, okay?
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's about the writings, and you you can't know a man's heart based on his writings necessarily, but you can infer certain things. I, I just bring it up because I I want people to know that there there is some thought that maybe they were more religious than we're led to believe. I don't know that the, I would call them evangelical Christians, uh, whatever term you want to use in today's framing, but. That does exist out there. So I just wanted people to know that that's something alternatively about that. But you're right. This is not This is not a country – I don't think this country was founded on slavery. I think slavery was a means to an end. Certainly in 1619, it was a means to an end to make the the colony work. They couldn't afford to pay the people. They, and understand it, it's – a lot of the settlers at that time were indentured servants. We would call them slaves because they were treated as – as property for a period of time to pay for their passage over. They had to work for a period of time to do that. If you look at the biblical references to slavery, it's not chattel slavery like we saw in our country. Every seven years they had to be released from their bondage because that was the, the law. But chattel slavery is a whole different animal, and that's that's a different discussion than we have later on in the found in this country. So go ahead. You no, to...
1: one of the other things I wanted to mention is in, that, um, in the post that Rod Dreyer uh, had written about the 1619 project. He references uh, a piece, and I highly encourage people to read it. By uh, and I've seen him before. He's an African American linguist. His name is John McWhorter, and he's he's another. He's a very very smart guy. He's a public intellectual. He's no conservative, but he's he's a he's an independent and very clear thinker about these kind of issues. And in many in many ways, bucks the trend. In terms of what is fashionable among the you know so called intelligentsia, and he wrote an article in two thousand and fifteen called anti racism our flawed New religion and I highly <laughs> encourage you to look up his article and read the entire thing, but the main point, what he writes, and this is kind of his thesis uh, he writes these days there is something else about. He, the term he's using is called the Nasi Rema, which is America spelled backwards. Uh, this was used in another article, and so he adopted it okay. as if – the reason it's adopted is as if an anthropologist later on in the future okay. is, is excavating our culture. And he says, oh, this is this society, the Nasi Rema. What did they think? What did they do? <laughs> so he says they have developed a new religion. Hmm. That religion is anti-racism. Of course, most consider anti-racism a position or evidence of morality. However, in 2015, among educated Americans especially, anti-racism – it seriously merits capitalization at this point – is now what any naive, unbiased anthropologist would describe as a new and increasingly dominant religion. It is what we worship as sincerely and fervently as many worship God and Jesus, and among most blue state Americans, more so. This is written <laughs> by an African American um, who is a guy that is no fan of Donald Trump and no particular fan of conservatism, but he even is someone who is identifying the fact. That this obsession with this—it's it, all-consuming—and as you see with this New York Times project, they are now attempting again to rewrite American history and place slavery, as Dreyer called it, as the "er" you are, as the "er" event of everything mm-hmm. that has that essentially is about this nation's history. That's it. If you need to understand America, the only thing you need to know is slavery, and it explains everything else. See, I think that's,
0: pick any one issue, and I think that's a dangerous direction to go in. I don't care if it's an issue you agree with. We are not a people of one issue. As Dr. Field likes to say, you you can't be a one-issue voter. I'm not a one-issue voter. You're not a one-issue voter. Most people are not one-issue voters. Some are. But you're not concerned about just one issue in your life. You have multiple things. You're worried about your kids. You're worried about your spouse. You're worried about your house. You're worried about your car. You're worried about your job. You have many things and all those things that interact with that. So to say that racism or slavery is the thing that defines our country is to miss so many other things. So many other things. It's amazing how much you miss when you've got the blinders on to look at one issue. I can't even fathom why a, a historian would say that's a good thing. I
1: don't understand that. Well, it's that. not even a question of it being a good thing, because, again, everyone can reach their own moral well, judgment. Just good
0: in the f- sense of focusing on that one thing. Yes. That's a bad historical methodology. It's bad methodology. history.
1: Yeah. And generally, Dr. Fia, as I've heard him say in the past... I call this the zinification of history, right? And, and and he and many other historians, if you know anything about Howard Zinn, a far left guy uh-huh. uh, who wrote, I think it's the the People's History of America or whatever else. Yes. And it's a, it's a disgraceful textbook. It's a polemic uh, from the far left perspective. And again, that's fine if Howard Zinn believes all of these things about America as a racist, imperialist, warmongering country. But... It's bad history, and mm-hmm. the reason it's bad history is because he is substituting fact, um, an actual empirical scholarly study of these things with his own personal political agenda, and that's exactly what is happening here, mm-hmm. and yet we see no pushback whatsoever. None.
0: Well, That's the – and the only people realize – And real quick, slave, slaves from Africa were transported throughout the world, but it – typically wasn't the white slave ship owner that got the slaves. It was other tribes bringing them to the ship owners and selling them into slavery. Conquered tribes, people that they didn't like, shipping them over. So there's, there's compunction to say Africans were also involved in the slave trade. We all think it's just the white man taking black men. That wasn't exactly how it worked. We can't focus on – and I've – I kind of feel like it's time to say, when is it enough? When, are, no, when is it never, over?
1: It is never enough because well, when do we get past it, though? We're not going to. Anything. They, have no, they have no interest in getting past it because it is an avenue for them for political power. This is why it is being emphasized. Number one, they see it as a way to get at Donald Trump because they want to link Trump with racism and slavery. And so part of the project, again, the, the New York Times editor in chief explained this. We have to pivot to a new narrative so that we can attack Trump. Russia has failed us. Um, We don't have chemtrails or anything else. In other words, we have to pick a new story. Let's see if we can make this one stick. So say a Democrat wins
0: the presidency in 2020. Does the 1619 Project die? Uh, Pretty much. Pretty much. So it's really only a political tool. It is really not about – they don't actually care about the truth. They care about – Projecting something the public Well, I think, to, to well, I the think that these with.
1: people, many of them, because they are, you know, ideologues and demagogues, many of them. Um, certainly, when I say demagogues, I'm referring to some of the our leading politicians. Of sure. course, you could call Trump a demagogue. Sure. That's fine. Sure. he fits I agree the with bill that. as well. Yeah. My point is, is that when this ceases to have political utility, there really won't be nearly the emphasis on this. Um, the irony of all of this, though, I think, from a political standpoint, is. It's playing it's Donald Trump's hands. Sure. In other words, that's the di- next topic. <laughs> your everything that you are doing to, to try to defeat him, your obvious bias, your hostility, all of these efforts to demonize him, what you're what you're really accomplishing is th- this is all right in his wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Okay. The further left you go, the more radical you become. It is a radical claim to mm-hmm. say That the seminal event in American history, what describes our founding, what defines it, is not anything related to the Declaration of Independence, freedom from tyranny in England, uh, a charter of rights that heretofore have really not existed, the notion that rights do not come from government, Mm -hmm. all of these things. No, 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 no. That's not the founding. The founding is only about black people being enslaved. That is a radical idea. Mm -hmm. I think it is a counter historical idea. And you promoting this. Do you think, again, the people that you are trying to win back over Mm -hmm. to the right side of history, (laughs) do you think that's going to bring them on board? No, because I think all it's going to do is further alienate. Further anger, further divide those people. In other words, you want to entice these Rust Belt voters. It's not going to happen. You keep with these agendas? Mm-hmm. Same thing with the Green New Deal and the open borders. They, they're they blinded by their own activism, right? They're, mm-hmm. This is their moment. And what they don't seem to understand is all of these things that the David Axelrods of the world are trying to explain it to them. You guys need to stop. Stop putting up your hands for the 1619 project because you're not winning converts. You are actually making more and more people uh, view your agenda, even people that don't like Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. That's the point. They want some – those people, give me a reason. Give me any other viable person. Sure. Oh, you're the candidate of uh,
0: no more private
1: insurance and – America is all only about slavery. You know what? I think (laughs) I'll stick with the the jerk and his mean tweets. Yeah. You know, I was looking for someone that was halfway sane. Yeah. I apparently can't find that person. Be fair here. If there was a Democrat running for
0: president who wasn't a lunatic, would you vote? Would you consider voting? I won't say if you will or not. Would you consider voting for a non-lunatic Democrat? It depends
1: because it depends what you mean. For instance, a guy like Jim Webb. Okay. okay. Uh there's a lot of things that I don't agree with about Jim Webb. I would consider voting for Jim Webb over Trump. Over Trump? Yes, okay. I would consider that. He's because at least he's a guy foreign policy wise, he's not a lunatic. Mm-hmm. Um he's a guy that understands the second amendment. You know, he he was a soldier. He doesn't talk about, you know, I, I, I still love the classic response when they were going down the debates when Hillary was running. You know, who is your greatest enemy? And you know Hillary's like Republicans and whatever, like, you know, mustache twirling bankers. <laughs> and Jim Webb basically said, yeah, the guy in Vietnam that was trying to kill me. Yeah, that, that's that was <laughs> the guy that was my great. And of course, you could hear like the like, oh, Ooh. wait, yeah. what? He said, he said, like, That's a, isn't that warmongering? How yes. did this guy get on the stage? He's supposed to say his greatest he didn't, he enemy didn't is, last long. is Paul Ryan. <laughs> Paul Ryan's been pushing elderly people off of cliffs. How could that <laughs> not be his greatest enemy? There is nobody in the Democratic race right now that has any tenuous grip on that kind of reality.
0: I don't think there's anybody on that side that has reality at all. You, you can't win the nomination. If you base yourself in reality,
1: and these are the same people, these the, the the race the racist mongers who are kissing the robe of Al Sharpton. Whew. So you're gonna you're gonna tell us that we should listen to your lectures on racism mm-hmm. when one of the most vile people in public life, one of the biggest racists and anti Semites in public life, and you're gonna you support this guy. He is literally the same thing as embracing from a Republican perspective someone like David Duke. Mm -hmm. There is literally no difference. Al Sharpton fomented a riot where a child was murdered. Mm -hmm. He fomented another riot. Freddie's fashion mart in a Jewish district because Mm -hmm. they were angry that an African American tenant had been evicted, which resulted in multiple people being killed. Going back to the Tawana Brawley hoax, which he has never apologized for, he is a rabid anti Semite. Mm -hmm. He is a disgraceful individual. And they pay homage to this dude Mm -hmm. even now as some kind of civil rights leader. (laughs) So I have to say to all these people, shut up. Yeah. Why should I listen to a single thing that you have to say about race or civil rights? You shouldn't. You're a cartoon. You're a caricature. If you can't denounce that guy, then just silence your mouth. Keith Olson couldn't denounce his uh, Nation of Islam connection.
0: Apparently – Never, never met the man. Sure. Okay. Do you, you see that uh, Andrew Lang was uh, – yeah. his ex-name his, his, his is Yang, but Al Sharpton called him Andrew Lang when he introduced him at his conference. Andrew Lang, yes. That's, we're so the racist. Any
1: person <laughs> that has Al Sharpton as any kind of moral arbiter, you have forfeited all credibility for the end of time. Well, I, I don't want to hear anything you have to say. Yes. You're a joke.
0: I don't know if I consider voting for a Democrat, but it would have to be – It'd have to be a Harry Truman-esque Democrat for me to be considering that. <laughs> those I, those Democrats do soon. not
1: <laughs> exist in captivity anymore.
0: Maybe a JFK with a little less uh, womanizing. Could we do that? Not not RFK or Teddy. Teddy yeah. was the sleaze ball extraordinaire. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, the next topic is about trolling the left, and you kind of alluded to it with Trump trolling the left and – Kind of getting them to react to things. and I I think some people on the Democratic ticket don't understand that there's actual audio and video of them being stupid and lying because they say things to one place. It's not the 60s where somebody might not find out about that. Everything is
1: caught on tape. But they count on the media to not report it.
0: But somebody, somebody puts up a cell phone camera, yeah. and they catch it and they put it on YouTube. Guess what? It's still out there. It still exists because you can't... Basket of deplorables was meant for Hillary's supporters. Unfortunately, Hillary wasn't smart enough to know that somebody might actually put that out. Shocking, I know. She should have she frisked everybody on the way out. So, this week Trump kind of trolled the left and said he wants to buy Greenland? <laughs> now, I've only seen one article that actually acknowledges that Harry Truman tried to do the same thing. In the 40s, okay? Is there a reason for Greenland? There's one reason I like, and that's the rare earth minerals. And I think it's a very good reason because if you understand what rare earth minerals are, Tony, rare earth minerals? Yes. They're rare and they're from the earth. Uh, they're in all your electronics. And right now, China has a stranglehold on them, and they're trying to get the, more of a stranglehold in anything in Africa that has rare earth minerals. Greenland is rich in rare earth minerals. There's only 56,000 people who live there. It's a Danish protectorate sort of kind of thing. Uh, I'll have to research that. It's I'm, not you know, autonomous necessarily, but it's part of uh, Denmark. So I think it's not a bad idea. We It would be a forward base. We already have a base there. But if there's actual rare earth minerals, I think it makes sense. I, I, I do truly, if it's the, the price is right. Sure. But I don't know if he's serious. I don't know that it matters if he's serious. He's getting these people to run around in circles trying to contradict him for no reason. It makes no sense. Doesn't it?
1: I think he is I think he's greatly underestimated in terms of having a method to his madness. I agree. And the idea that yes, does he fire off petulant tweets and absolutely, but he knows he knows his political enemies very well and he understands that anything that he does elicits an immediate as it should. Frothing, rabid reaction. I think the best troll ever would be for Donald Trump to come out openly for reparations. <laughs> you would immediately have <laughs> everyone that. denouncing that idea. Jen Rubin, this is the worst. Max Boot, you know, this is no, reparations is obviously the most wicked idea we've ever had. It would, the cognitive dissonance that that would create, because they can't agree with anything, they cannot agree with anything that he does. All is bad. All is evil.
0: I don't want to compare Trump to Reagan, but I think Reagan was great at messing with the Russians. You know, Star Wars was a made up load of crap, but it got them to spend money they didn't have to try to defeat a program we couldn't make work. And I loved his line when he stood up and said the bombing begins in five minutes. That was awesome because I, there's records that say the Russians thought the bombs were coming. They thought they were overflying Russian territory at that moment. It wasn't happening, but he messed with them. Trump is messing with people because he can, because they're so thin skinned and so gullible that he would do anything because he's a crazy man. Crazy man. Well,
1: the one thing that he has managed to do, and I was reading an article about this in the aftermath of this whole uh, New York Times, you know, the mask is not just completely off, it's been, you know, sent like into outer space. Um, Trump, what he has done, he has revealed these people. Mm -hmm. for exactly who they are. Mm -hmm. And they have been trying to hide this. And and as we went through the Obama era, it became more apparent. We're now the cheerleaders and we're the the court supplicants. But now their hatred of him has driven them so nuts that they they can't even help themselves. Normally they would be far more, Mm -hmm. they would be reticent to kind of reveal this because any... You know any patina of legitimacy of journalistic integrity of uh, the media it, it doesn't even exist. It's been blown to smithereens. Yes, and they and they can't help themselves. They just can't. They despise him so completely uh. that even their own need for self-preservation. Right No, we can't say that. We can't let the lemmings hear us say that. <laughs> they don't care. Yep. They don't care. So it's been very instructive. He has been uh, the guy that. And everything that he does, they hate. They mm-hmm. hate his mannerisms. Mm-hmm. Uh, they hate his the language that he uses, and a lot of things I don't like. Sure, right. But We're the point is, that is times. that it's almost like he was designed in a lab by someone. <laughs> he is the destructor that is going to who is going to force the media to demonstrate exactly who they are, and they will not. They cannot resist. They, they they're in, they're just. It's impossible for them not to take the bait.
0: The irony to me is until. 2015 people weren't sure if he was a republican or democrat
1: i i, I don't, mean i don't know that he's a republican anyway if you, i don't think donald trump has any um <laughs> bedrock I principles i agree you if you had a conversation with him about what are the um your sort of the touchstones for conservatism can you talk about some of you. the leading no he, he doesn't care he has an instinct for political pugilism. Yeah. He has a level of low cunning that serves him very well, yes. and it may not – it's messy, oh, and yes. it's certainly not the way that I pretty. think most of us would want a president to behave very frequently. No. But what he does understand is how to, in many ways, manipulate – Mm-hmm. And that's the funny thing because if you ever told these people that they were being it's impossible. He's a moron. Right? He's a no-nothing racist mal- he doesn't read anything. moron who only watches cartoons. But you know what? <laughs> it's odd because you seem to be doing everything that he wants – that he would want you to do yeah. and adopting every political position that is right – a fastball groove right down the middle for him. <laughs> it just seems so odd that that keeps happening.
0: Yes, it does. It does. I, I got to bring up Benjamin Netanyahu. Is he's, he's great. The man is awesome <laughs> because Rashida Tlaib this week – Yes. Applied her and Ilan Omar applied to go to the West Bank because Rashida Tlaib wanted to visit her very sick grandmother. I don't know if she has a very sick grandmother. She claims she does. And she the two of them are part of the boycotting of Israel. And Israel said, well, you know, you can come, but you can't hold any rallies denouncing Israel. So she promised she would do that. She wouldn't do anything to denounce Israel. And then when they gave her permission to come, she says, now they're limiting how I can go. I can't possibly go. It's, it's good to kill my grandmother. She'll be so sad. She, she's trying to have it both ways. Omar's trying to have it both ways. But Netanyahu's you know, going, uh-uh, we're not having your crap. You want to come here? We'll be magnanimous. We'll let you come here. Obama wouldn't let me come to the United States, but I'm going to let you come. Keep your gap shut about boycotting Israel. Because that doesn't help anybody. That only makes it worse in the West Bank. Now she's not going. I'm not going. Well, okay, because I've got be sm- to be muzzled. Ilhan Omar hasn't really said much, but I'm sure she's feeling the same way and why she would have been involved in the West Bank. <laughs> I-, I don't know. She's not Palestinian. I'm not really sure where that goes. I thought it was awesome. Your thoughts?
1: Well, a couple of things. This is yet another topic. Demonstrating the disgrace of our our media, mm-hmm. so I want to read to you what the New York Times described. Remember, so they just did the this, 1690 project, so. right? No, so th- this group, New York Times, this group, th- these two were funded by an organization oh, yes. called Miftah, M-I-F-T-A-H. The New York <laughs> Times described this group as one that quote promotes global awareness and knowledge of Palestinian. Realities. Well, that sounds sounds very high sounds and pretty, pretty innocuous. Sure. If you actually go and read the <laughs> things that are published on the Miftah website,
0: you tell me it's not as good as it sounds.
1: You learn things like this that Jews continue to use the blood of Christians in the Jewish Passover. Yep. And you also learn things like, uh, let's see. Oh, here we go. Here was another article of a treatise that they published. The Jews, I'm quoting, the Jew-controlled entertainment media have taken the lead in persuading a whole generation that homosexuality is normal, that there is nothing at all wrong with white women dating or marrying black men or with white men marrying Asian women, that all races are inherently equal in ability and character. We must oppose the further spreading of this poison among our people, and we must break the power of those who are spreading it. It would be intolerable for such power to be in the hands of any alien minority with values and interests different from our own. But to permit the Jews, with their 3,000-year history of nation-wrecking from ancient Egypt to Russia, to hold such power over us is tantamount to race suicide. This goes on and on. It sounds
0: like the Aryan nation. You sure that was missing?
1: Yeah. You you know what? Funny. (laughs) It does actually sound a lot like a Richard Spencer speech. Here's the question. Yes. Number one, the media of course never reported this. Oh, sure. What do you think the chances are that let's say two intrepid Republican Congress people wanted to go visit, I don't know, Syria mm-hmm. or pick <laughs> your Middle Eastern Muslim dominated province uh, whatever you Yemen. want. Let's go to Yemen. And it turned out that they were funded by a group by the that Aryan espouse yeah. things like this. By the way, Chad, have you heard a single mainstream media outlet report on any of this? No. This would be... AOC said they're cowards. Mainstream media is cowards. This would be front page headline news Mm -hmm. for weeks, and justifiably so. Correct. Two U.S. congressmen, or women, women, supported by an Aryan supremacist, virulently Aryan supremacist organization, how could this have happened? This falls in the lap of the president. It's crickets. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they don't care. No. They're not interested in looking into that. The best part of it is these two women are now angry because a nation that they say should not exist <laughs> will not allow them to have a bully pulpit to, pulpit to spread their poison. Mm-hmm. Like, please. It's like a kick-me sign, right? (laughs) Please come over here and bash us some more. Benjamin Netanyahu, thank you.
0: That that was a law that was passed uh, two or three years ago that didn't allow people that were boycotting Israel to come and have a bully pulpit. That's a good reason. So I I think that's funny. I just wanted to shout out to my buddy Netanyahu. Last, we save sports for last because one listener wanted us to talk about this a week and a half ago <clears throat> another listener specifically told me he never wanted me to talk about sports on our show but since it's our show we're right. going to talk about sports never never ever unless it was baseball not even And like, baseball like, it was limited he what didn't about
1: want... like rhythmic gymnastics uh, no. Or... no no
0: no he, wow. he didn't understand why people like to watch and talk about sports so much
1: Hmm.
0: so you know who you are sorry we're going to talk about sports uh the, the Antonio Brown saga, I, I called it as the world turns NFL style. The Antonio Brown saga is just rich with awesome stories if you're not a Raiders fan. And I'm not a Raiders fan, so it's great for me. It should be wonderful for you as a Chargers fan because you don't like the Raiders. Yeah, you assume. know what?
1: I don't even really care about the Raiders per se. I just think it's hilarious. The whole thing is just sheer entertainment yeah, It is
0: awesome. So to, to, to recap, uh, Antonio Brown was miffed in Pittsburgh last season, didn't show up for the game, the last game of the season. The Seahawks had to win to even have a chance to make the playoffs and kind of just left at halftime when he did show up and basically wanted out of Pittsburgh because he felt slighted by Ben, by the team. He wasn't motivated to MVP, so I'm not special. Now I want lots of money. <laughs> I want lots of money because I, I now he signed a contract that gave him money, but he wanted more. So he angled to get himself out of Pittsburgh. He diminished his value, so Pittsburgh really couldn't get a whole lot for him. They got a third and a fifth round pick in the 2019 draft, but they shipped him west to the Oakland Raiders, which used to be a destination and now apparently is where people go to die because nothing happens good there.
1: Well, it used to be, but it used to be a destination. It was like the Island of Misfit Toys. Yes. That was one of the things, that was that the one of the things would, they prided themselves bring, on. Bring all your crazies.
0: <laughs> exactly. We like them. Yeah, so Antonio Brown. He seemed to be happy. They gave him lots and lots of guaranteed money because why not? Let's let's just give this guy first-year GM who apparently doesn't understand money. No, nah, I
1: don't agree with that. I no. actually think Mayock is a smart guy.
0: Well, we'll see. So we'll see how this plays out and see what happens. So John Gruden is in year two of the 10-year rebuild uh, before they move on to Vegas next year. And Antonio Brown, for some reason, wasn't at the first couple practices of uh, training camp. We find out later that's because he stuck his feet into very, very cold liquid nitrogen in France because apparently we don't have liquid nitrogen here. It's not as good. It's not as good. And he wore the wrong footwear. Now, I would say this is probably not the first time he's done this. I feel like he should know what the footwear was. And there should have been somebody there with him to say, no, you can't wear flip flops. You got to wear you know, insulated shoes. He didn't. So his feet were all blistered. Then we come to find out, and this is something that baffles me to this moment. It baffles me. His helmet is no longer allowed to be used in practice or in a game because it's over 10 years old and it's not been certified because it could hurt him. NFL's trying to really go with this. We don't want to give people concussions. We don't want CTE. So we'd like to avoid much of that as possible. And Antonio Brown throws a fit. I was a grievance. They have an arbitrator. The arbitrator last week says, mm, no, nope, well, you can't have But it. again,
1: the best part that we talked about, I think, last time. Did we talk about nope, it at didn't. all? we didn't. We um, didn't. Was that he <laughs> he he spray painted yeah. his old Steelers helmet. You yeah. know, like literally going to Sherwin-Williams <laughs> and getting the can of Krylon in yeah. the garage. Yeah. You know, with the, the clacking noise. And tried to sneak it into Raiders practice. Did not you see once. the Raiders
0: symbol on the yes. side? It was like a. Five year old painting. So
1: they're kind of like, um, we, we can tell that's not the real helmet. It's not real. Oh, okay. It's not and work. so he goes home, he tries again, tries to sneak in and uh, We no, we still we can tell, can tell not a- that's not a real helmet. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, first of all, the guy's got like, don't you have somebody on your payroll you can hire to make an exact If you're gonna go with the, I'm gonna bring the fake helmet. Like, did you do it yourself? That's the that's crazy of Antonio. That that is crazy. I can just see him in his dining room table, like construction paper. You know, like that looks looks pretty close. His wife goes, "This looks good. This looks good, right? This is is normal. Once that glue dries, it'll look really good." (laughs) This so, his his
0: his case gets the, the arbiter says, "Nope, no no dice." There's 27 helmets he could choose. 27 different helmets. He got a one-year grace period last year along with Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady who both changed their helmets this year because they couldn't use their old helmets. He goes on record saying, well, Tom Brady didn't have to change his helmet. This is racist. No, Tom Brady had to change his helmet. It's not racist. You're the literally the only guy who hasn't changed their helmet. So this goes on and on. He skips practices now. Mike Maya comes out on Sunday and says, You know, he's either all in or he's all out. Pick it. Pick what you want to do. You're either here or you're not here. Now, I don't think he wants to be in training camp. I think that's part of it. But Drew Rosenhaus, you know, the upstanding pillar of honesty.
1: isn't it interesting? I was watching Cowherd earlier today, (laughs) and he made the point um, Antonio Brown is T.O. Yeah, he is. Same agent, right? Rosenhaus. Yep. And becoming eerily similar guys.
0: Yep. Completely
1: crazy. Incredibly talented. Both from small schools, both mm-hmm. with these massive chips on their shoulder, Hall of Fame ability, Hall of Fame production, mm-hmm. and then kind of off the rails. Well,
0: they don't get enough love. They need to love. So Rosenhaus says it's a safety issue. He He's used his helmet. He said it back to Pee Wee, which is not possible. He must have his a pretty big head. <laughs> That's what I'm saying.
1: This is how it is. What is he a seven and a half or something? He had like he had Barry's Bonds' <laughs> head after the cream and the clear at age eight. So he says it's a safety issue
0: because it's kept him protected all these years. Except that time when Vontez Berfick clocked him in the head and he got a concussion in that helmet. Oh, wait
1: a minute. First of all, that is an in-
0: it's an idiotic statement. It has on his face. kept
1: him safe all these years. It's a helmet.
0: Yes, it's okay, supposed to.
1: Do you think that this is the only magical helmet? Yes. that could keep him safe. It's very light. It has Some spell over it. Yes, it's very oh, it's light. Very light. I it's see. very
0: light and it has it has cutouts on the side so he can see better.
1: Yeah, but I also read that actually. In terms of his peripheral vision, even though he claims he can see better. And look, I get it. If you play that long with Mm -hmm. a particular helmet, some kind of equipment that you like, there's going to be an adjustment. I get it. Yeah. The other helmets that are available, and again, how many... 27 different 27 different versions are actually even... They have more Mm -hmm. area where you can see. Mm -hmm. So the idea that somehow he has this special helmet where he can see behind him... No, no. The newer ones that are safer actually give you... More field division than mm-hmm. his helmet.
0: Yes. He, Drew Rosenhaus suggested that they maybe make a custom helmet for him. But that would have to be tested, which means it wouldn't be ready for three weeks from tonight when they play the Broncos. So Antonio Brown puts out the call. The bat signal goes out to all of his fans. Find me a helmet that's less than yes. 10 years old. He gets two helmets, one of which was a movie prop which probably means it was not going to work. They tested them both, and guess what? They didn't pass. So they're on the now banned well,
1: list. Well, the other thing, what a cheapskate. He offered to give somebody, like, an autographed jersey. Raiders. I would say, listen, dude. Yeah, please. Th- this is supply and demand. Exactly. Okay? There's only apparently two of these in the whole world. <laughs> One of them is a prop. I want a million billion dollars. Exactly. <laughs> give me the money. Hey, really?
0: A signed like, jersey. A signed jersey practice worn jersey wow
1: this is apparently you're willing to retire yeah if you don't have That's this helmet load of crap so this retiring. is like i am holding uh what what was the thing in uh, the james cameron movie that re- horrible movie uh Avatar. oh, oh Avatar. it's it's unobtainium yes i have the only source of unobtainium <laughs> which is this helmet yeah they I can name my price. Yes, I, your worth. Your net worth is probably thirty to fifty million dollars. Yes, I would. Lo- okay, I would like a new Bugatti. Yes, that's what I would like.
0: I can guarantee it's not going to go for a jersey. I don't care who right. signed it.
1: Otherwise, I'm going to continue to eat cereal out of it like we've been doing yeah. for the last. So here's my years. take
0: on all this, and then, and you can correct me if you think I'm different. He doesn't want to be in training camp. It's obvious he doesn't want to be in training camp. Now, if he was still in Pittsburgh. Maybe that flies because he played with Ben Roethlisberger for nine of ten, nine in the 10th season. He ain't never caught passes from David Carr. There's difference because David Carr isn't really that good. He had one well, good season. He had one good season. He's not
1: terrible. He, he actually, I think he has some talent.
0: He's not the Peterman, but he's not that good yet. He hasn't shown that he's that good consistently. He had one good season, one good season. So did John Kitna. That doesn't make him Hall of Fame. So you kind of got to get the feel for the quarterback that's throwing you the ball, right? That's what we always talk about. They, they, everybody throws it a little bit differently. You got to get used to that. Wasn't last year he was he and he and Ben were uh, didn't have their cable connection synced up that they weren't able to catch up with the other practice practice. We yeah. talking about practice. Yeah. We're talking about Allen Iverson here. Yes, I, I think if you played with all these people for a while, you kind of get the feel. This is a different playbook. This is a different quarterback. This is a different line. This is different schemes. Why does he think he doesn't need to be there? I know he's 9, 10 years into the league, but guess what? You've never played with these people, ever. You you kind of need to show up and practice. Apparently, he thinks he just shows up divas, and plays. Divas do not need to. Divas do what divas do. So I think he's going to be there on uh, for opening night, game, game one against Denver, because he, he can get paid. He can get paid for training camp.
1: Here's here's what I think they should do, and this will because he won't agree to this. Because he's all about, you know, how he looks. They should make him wear the Don Beebe helmet. Ooh. Remember the Don yeah, Beebe helmet? I do. So say, listen, here's our here's our compromise. You get to wear your 11 year old uh, non conforming steerer's helmet. In fact, we'll have somebody who's actually skilled at painting helmets, paint it look exactly <laughs> like it's the, supposed the team to look will paint it for, for the the huge <laughs> national game. But you're gonna have to wear. This giant helmet over top that makes you look ridiculous, sort of like a Mario Kart oh, character. Um, you're going to look like a dweeb, but it'll be very safe, yes. and it won't impair it won't impede your vision whatsoever. Just, we'll see any you'll, balls coming. You'll just look like, and you know what he's going to say? No, nope. no freaking way! Nope. Am I wearing that? Not happening. Because like, because that doesn't that doesn't look right.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, there's. ESPN is going out there, well, they, they could cut him or they could put him on the unable to perform list. I'm like, no, they're not going to do that because he's going to play because he's not an idiot. $30 apparently, million. Dollars.
1: Apparently, there is a nuclear option called the five-day letter. Have you heard about yes, this? Yes, I have. That I don't think has ever been used in the history of the league. Not even Keyshawney? No, I don't <laughs> think so. We're Apparently, under the collective bargaining agreement, they can send you this letter mm-hmm. that basically says you have five days to comply. Otherwise, all ties are cut. You're done. Yeah. Like, it's almost and we don't like, got to pay you. Yeah. You're, to use one of you're Fredo to us, <laughs> which I think that's a slur now, but I'm, I'm going to use is. it anyway. Apparently yes. It is. You're Fredo'd. You're in the rowboat on the lake. <laughs> you got five days to decide. Oh, um, in
0: the NFL of an actor, you're Keyshawned. Don't yeah. come in. We don't want right, to talk to you. That's it.
1: It's over. Except we're not
0: paying you. They had to pay right. Keyshawn. You'll, we're not paying get, you. You'll
1: get not another dime. Your career is done.
0: Yes. Good luck with that. See if we can get a bag of peanuts for He's you. He's
1: going to be, he'll play
0: he's going to play
1: he doesn't want to be at training
0: camp it's very obvious he doesn't want to be at training camp and they knew this they knew he was crazy and a diva i don't think they him. knew he was this oh crazy. come on
1: no 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 they listen they knew he was a diva
0: then that's on them
1: they knew he needed to be pampered and why did have, they
0: think they got him for a third and a fifth if he was didn't come with any baggage do you think a third and a well, fifth is what you get no, for antonio it's brown it's
1: questionable that he came with baggage <laughs> all these guys come with baggage i mean wide receiver these guys all have yeah, you know, they got chemical that? imbalances. I mean, what is just, wrong with these guys? Most of them. I mean, not all. Not all. Megatron
0: of them. didn't seem to, but others seem no, to. Like, even Jerry Rice at the end seemed to be a petulant.
1: Yeah, baby. yeah. I, I don't Although, get it. Although I guess Jerry Rice gets to. You know, when, well, you're, when you're the best ever. Well, Antonio Brown's very good, but he's not the best ever.
0: I don't disagree, but they had to know this was coming, and it can't happen to a nicer group of individuals. I don't like the Raiders. This is listen. Like this
1: will this will solve itself maybe for this year, but this is not going to stop there's going to be more cray-cray to come because that's just who this guy is.
0: He just burned a bridge with Mayock. Absolutely. And Mayock burned a bridge with him. They're they're not on the same page now.
1: Production solves a lot of problems. So if he manages to have a big year, look, the locker room will be okay. That's the one thing thing you have to say in his favor is he is a guy that is a maniacal worker in terms of On his his own. On his own, that's true. Mm -hmm. But... That goes a long way in a locker room. Sure. You'll never get away with the diva routine, and you're a slacker. Um, you're just pure talent. Antonio Brown works really hard, but you're right. He's an island, mm-hmm. he does his own thing. I give this experiment, basically, I think it is going to work for, it will last for one year, and then they're going to find a way to get rid of him because it's just going to be constant distraction. That's what this guy's about. Five and 11. And that's the other point. <laughs> the other point is, this is not a team on the cusp of a Super Bowl. Oh, you, can, you can put up with that. like a. And by the way, I'm not even comparing him to Randy Moss, because Randy Moss was incredibly well-liked mm-hmm. by, in fact, by... His teammates, yes. Actually, if you listen to Bill Belichick, mm-hmm. he lists the three guys that he always talks about as essentially his favorite players in terms of being their overall knowledge of football. Tom Brady, Lawrence Taylor... And Randy Moss, Hmm.
0: so two offensive guys from a defensive
1: right. Well, and Lawrence Taylor is like number one. Yeah, but the point is, Randy Moss had this reputation among the media as kind of again one of these a diva. Kind Mm -hmm. of that was never the case in the locker room. Correct. And if you can, if you can get along, and Bill Belichick is extolling you, okay, can can you imagine it? Bill Belichick would have already axe murdered Antonio Brown. See, I,
0: I have a theory. 5-11 5-11 and 11 for the Raiders this year. He gets traded to the Patriots. They got Josh Gordon, who's going to so. self-destruct.
1: I don't think so. He took Randy Moss from the Raiders. But that's the point. They knew that Randy Moss is not Antonio Brown. They also took Corey Dillon from the, the Bengals and won a Super Bowl with Corey Dillon. Belichick can deal with God. Look, Lawrence Taylor. You want to talk about sure. a guy who was a hellion?
0: Yeah, the but he wasn't the head coach.
1: No, He didn't make that decision. It doesn't matter. He was his defense coordinator, but here's the point. He can deal with guys who are sort of bad actors, mm-hmm. okay? What he cannot and will not tolerate is a guy that's about himself. Sure. Lawrence Taylor, he would he would die on the field yeah. to win the football game. I agree. Okay? In the locker room, and uh, Lawrence Taylor's falling asleep. The <laughs> story, he's fallen asleep in all the defensive meetings. Belichick gets ticked off. Taylor walks up. He's like... Why don't he be awake? And then he draws out the entire game plan in like five minutes. (laughs) This is easy. I'm going back to sleep, right? Those guys get Parcells made no bones about it. Do we treat everyone the same? No. 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 That guy's the best defensive player in NFL history. Yep. He gets all kinds of special privileges. If you're a middle-of-the-road guy in our rotation, you better be doing everything right. Yes. And maybe then you're not still Life isn't fair. Antonio Brown could never play for Bill Belichick.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, he's not going to play for John Gruden much longer either. I think he gets through the season. And I, I think, think he, he makes it
1: through one season, then the whole thing implodes.
0: I think he, if that. And, and I, it's when they start losing, when they go on that losing streak that they're bound to go on, that's when things get heated. And he's not, heated. his
1: stats, he's only getting four, you know, he's had four weeks in a row where he's gotten five passes, and then yeah. he starts to bellyache. Uh huh. Yeah, he, he went from, I think it was Stephen A. Smith said this, he went from a team that was pass
0: happy to the Raiders which is not pass happy. They're not at the throw first. I mean, they throw, but they're not throw first.
1: he, He went to a perennial playoff team with a hall of fame quarterback with a number two receiver that has to be almost like a 1A receiver. Uh-huh. So they can't, they can't fixate on him. And right. if they do, and they did that sometimes, yeah. fine. Then, then the other guy the, the other guy gets 200 yards receiving. It's yep. a perfect behind one of the best offensive lines in the league. Mm-hmm. And now you're with Dysfunction Junction. Good yes. luck.
0: Richie Incognito. Good he, luck. He's, he's made the rounds. So we'll see how that works out. I think he'll be there on opening night. We'll see. So my little rant. Uh, Took some time off last week and went with the wife, did, did some sightseeing locally, uh, stopped at a store. She needed to get more bath bombs, not salt, you know, bath salts, bath Wait, bombs. is
1: it bombs, B-A-L-M-S or B-O-M-B-S? I think it's B-O-M-B-S. <laughs> I'm not even sure. Are you sure? sure. I don't it's know. It's a bomb? It's like... Well, a, it fizzes
0: in, in the water, so I think bombs. It's sounds... a bath
1: improvised explosive device? Yeah,
0: it's, okay. that, it's not an IED. So... Understand what I'm walking into these are made somewhere by people with, with armpit hair uh everybody in there had tattoos everybody was granola let's use that term hippie granola so they're they're talking about all this stuff and you go over to they make their own deodorant that's that's the kind of place we're going into make their own deodorant okay not not in a just deodorant. Just yes. to cover up the smell, but you still stink and you're still sweaty, but you covered up the smell. So my wife signs some stuff she likes. I walk over to one counter, and and they've got um, toothpaste. But it's not really a toothpaste. It's a tooth pill. It's called, actually, a toothy tab. and it's Is it called, like, for dogs? No, it's for adults. It's for people. Sounds like what you give to dogs. You, you would think so. So everything's got a weird name. Everything looks weird and shiny and... So this is called Boom. That's the flavor. And I said, what what flavor is Boom? And they said, well, it's kind of like a cherry cola. I said, <laughs> okay. I don't drink cherry cola for t- brushing my teeth, but okay. I said, how does it work? You put one of these tabs in your mouth. And then you, you chew it, to on it. You chew it. And then you brush your teeth with it. She said, I'll give you some free samples. I said, okay. Because it was like $15 for a bottle of this stuff. So I take it home that night and pop it in my mouth and... It starts to foam. That was your first mistake. <laughs> I chewed on it, popped into my mouth. It was, it tasted like charcoal and baking soda. Two things you really don't want in your mouth. It's foaming out of my mouth. I'm trying to spit it out, and it's, I'm spitting black foam out of my mouth. Yeah. I could not get it out of my Maybe mouth fast enough. Maybe it was flavor. It didn't taste like cherry cola. It tasted like I have no charcoal. Si- I
1: have no sympathy for you whatsoever. <laughs> this is what we call in the legal <laughs> profession assumption of the risk. Okay. The fact that you put that thing in your mouth after hearing that description and looking at it, I mean, were you kicked in the head in the store?
0: I, I could have been. I think I was so so bored with where I was at. So they they talk about how wonderful, how natural – and effective these things are. And I think they, under- they misunderstand. Natural doesn't mean you should put it in your mouth. It just means it comes from the ground somewhere. So they gave me, they gave me other things for uh, mouthwash. This one's called the Pan Galactic Gargle Blaster Mouthwash. Okay? If you're not familiar with Douglas Adams and the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, yeah. Pan Galactic Gargle Blaster. And
1: most people aren't. Some people are.
0: <laughs> anyway, this tasted worse. If that's even possible. Oh, Charcoal and baking soda was better. This foamed a fluorescent yellow in my mouth, and I called them up and I said, "What is this supposed to do?" Oh, it's supposed to clean your breath. I said, "My breath smells worse after I brushed than before I brushed." Is there? Am I doing something wrong? They said, "No, you just chew on it and." You know, you don't swallow it; you just spit it out. And I said, "Well, spit it out worked. Uh, I'm good with that." But the chewing part and putting it in my mouth part, not so comfortable with.
1: So you, you expected assistance from their help desk when you? Oh, no, I called plane. the store. Uh huh. I called the store. Right. You you thought Again. that you thought that perhaps you had done
0: it wrong. <laughs> well, and, I thought, am I missing something? Am I supposed to dilute this in water and then drink it and gargle with it, or what am I supposed to? Because I thought I heard her say, "Chew it." Swish it around right. and spit it well, out. What
1: you should have done is you should have gotten a mortar and pestle, and yeah. you should have crunched it together with some shark cartilage, <laughs> and maybe, <laughs> I don't know, like a bat or something. Yeah,
0: I should have just hit myself in the head with the bat. Right. I would have been better off. So I'm, just, I'm not going to name the company because I don't want to slam them. They're They're nice people who are just misguided that natural is somehow better because it's natural. It's not better. It's just nasty. So if somebody wants to... Email us and ask me what it is. I'll tell you off the podcast. But or maybe they
1: maybe they want it for one of their enemies. It could be a good. Um, I've, I've got
0: some samples here. If you if you have an enemy or three, well, actually, I've got uh, I think fifteen tablets between the two. Right.
1: Your yeah. story is reminiscent oh, of the. That. No, just I don't see. want to smell it. Come on. Why would I do that? <laughs> That's I like, taste this. I didn't ask you this to taste you, it. As the person spits out of my like, taste this.
0: Oh, I didn't ask you to taste it. I just want to smell it.
1: It tastes like I don't know maggots. <laughs> taste it. Smell this thing, this thing that obviously I knew immediately I should never have ingested, but I decided to anyway, and then it made some disgusting foam in my mouth. I was just trying to be gutsy. I this, to... this is reminiscent of the story I've told before when we stopped at Rudder's, and we went in for snacks on a road trip, and the item that my wife selected was deviled eggs from <laughs> Rudder's. <laughs>
0: Roadside sushi. So
1: everyone else has got the little <laughs> bag of you know snack chips and little mini Pringles wow. can, and my wife comes toting out these four deviled eggs that were probably oh. seventeen years old. You know, oh. like with the little petrified paprika on the. I'm like, you're gonna actually, you're gonna get sick. You're gonna get sick, right or have to take you to the hospital, have your stomach pumped. Yes. Why? It's like getting a lobster tail and rudders. Did she, eat them? Did she yeah. eat them? She did. <laughs> did she get just sick? Just despite me, I think. I'm to... I told her, I'm like, if you start throwing up in the car, I'm, I'm just going to roll down the window. She gonna... drank
0: lots of water, didn't she? That's uh, what, she always that's fixed a lot of it. water. That's what fixed it. Yes.
1: <laughs> but your, your entire story is absurd because the fact that you ate those things I didn't eat them. I chewed them.
0: I spit them out almost immediately after chewing them. My, my toothbrush was stained. I did have to chew. One of my, my
1: rules is that any flavors... Okay, for instance, when I go to the dentist and they have all of these so-called flavors. No, 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 no. I specifically tell them, I want no flavor whatsoever.
0: Oh, I always get cinnamon.
1: I want <laughs> it to taste like concrete, like quick <laughs> I don't want some You fake... don't want to enjoy it? No, no, not enjoy it because well, it's disgusting. Yeah. The flavors don't taste like those things. Cinnamon does. That's the only one that tastes like it's supposed to. Everything else tastes nasty. No flavor. I want to taste like mortar. That's it. I want to feel like I have just sand in my mouth. You do. Because that's exactly right. (laughs) Let's not have any illusions that we're having something that's tasty or enjoyable. Shouldn't it be somewhat more pleasant than it could be? No, because it's fake. They can't replicate the flavor, and so it's worse. See, I've always felt the
0: cinnamon and the mint taste like what you think they're. The, The fruit flavors. Forget it.
1: Mint? Any mint flavor? You tell me your choice is mint or waterboarding. Give me the waterboarding, please. <laughs> again and again.
0: Just him, not me. I, I'll no. take the mint.
1: So I don't know if the moral of your story is do not eat the, what is it? The uh, the, the yak? The, t- the, yak boomed, infused the boom, boom toothy pills. tabs
0: or the peg like a gargle blaster mouthwash. For,
1: yes, I actually <laughs> think that most people knew that already.
0: I wanted to show that I could be evolved. Apparently, I'm not that evolved. I prefer toothpaste with a flavor and fluoride and in a gel form. I, I don't think I I know people that use, you know, they use baking soda toothpaste. I don't know why, but they do. It's nasty. If you ever tried to brush with baking soda, it is nasty. A far
1: better fate than sticking one of those things. In this your just mouth. added charcoal
0: to the process. It didn't actually. It still had the baking soda. Just. An aside, don't do it. I, I did it for the group. Don't do it. Is what I'm saying. Stick, don't do it.
1: Stick with what works. Don't try new things. Well,
0: okay, maybe that's the point. Don't eat deviled eggs from a convenience don't store. Don't eat deviled eggs from Rudders. <laughs> or any other convenience store, not just right. Rudders, any of yes, them. Yes. It's like
1: I've I <laughs> got the, a good one. What did you get, honey? I got the packet of Beef Wellington's <laughs> from Rudders. <laughs> Huh?
0: Yeah, an egg salad sandwich is not supposed to be crunchy.
1: I don't think that's <laughs> just one keep of their, that It's not one of their
0: specialties, favorite items. There, yes.
1: I don't know why anybody would. I I Caution! Could, I'm surprised they even sell that. Why does it have the little uh, like radioactive sign on there or whatever?
0: What's that date? Is that five days ago? You're still eating it? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, right. So foolishness. That's all I got, Tony. You you good? I am good. I I will now have to have a rant for next week. Okay, that's fine. Okay. That's all we got. Thanks for joining us. I'm Chad. I'm Tony. Good night.
1: This has been a Hannah Tree
0: production.